This is the 200 Churches Podcast, episode 68. So, you know, you just remember, burgers, shakes, and fries. Burgers, shakes, and fries. A few things well. Identify what those few things are based on, on, on your passions, based on your values, based on your understanding of the scriptures. Identify those few things and just offer them, but let them be of the highest quality. You see, when we begin to do too much, the quality of everything that we do drops. Thank you for listening to the 200 Churches Podcast, where we're focused on pastors of small churches. 200 Churches. Every Wednesday, we release an episode that will lift your spirits, lighten your load, and let you laugh. Today, the guys are joined by Dave Jacobs from smallchurchpastor.com. Dave's specialty is coaching pastors of, you guessed it, small churches. And now, here are two guys who lead and pastor in a 200 church, the Gilbert and Sullivan of Ministry Podcasts, Jeff and Johnny. Yes, thank you, Angela, and thank you for listening to the 200 Churches Podcast. I am Gilbert, here with my good friend, Sullivan. And we decided, based on that intro, that we are actually going to present the entire podcast next week. In operatic form. In operatic form. I'm going to be the baritone. Yes, and I will be the soprano. Oh, boy. So, if you dare to listen next week, 30 minutes of me and Johnny... (laughs) We cannot make promises we're never going to keep. Channeling going. Gilbert and Sullivan. <laughs> oh, my. You know, Johnny, we were talking just before we, we hit record. I feel like, I feel like we, we complain too much about the, the, the rough things, the tough things about being a pastor of a small church. But, Johnny, you didn't feel that way. No, I felt like we try to give a very positive look at being a small church. We're, we're focusing on the positive. We're about encouragement, right, on this podcast. So I get the sense that we're uplifting people. This whole uh, disagreement came because Jeff had, Jeff had some experiences this weekend that were just so small church pastor, right, and what they were like. And, and I said, we should get on there and be real with people and just say, hey, it's a struggle sometimes. I know. Some of the, you know sometimes it can be hard. And he said... No, no, we're complaining too much. We gotta, we gotta try to be encouraging and uplifting. Now, so. if if those of you listening would like, I could go into excruciating and boring, mind-numbing and eye-glazing detail. Well, we don't have to be boring just because we're complaining. <laughs> no de- detail. Uh, well, I could go into exciting, excruciating. Uh, you know, <laughs> the way it's excruciating, screaming detail about the things that I got to do this past weekend, but. Really, it was all in serving people. Yeah. It's all in helping people. That's the thing. There's always a silver lining. Even when, and, and I wrote a, a blog once about, I, I fixed toilets. As a small church pastor, part right. of my responsibility is fixing toilets. But there's silver lining, right? It's not all bad. And when we realize, right, the benefits and the joys, there's, there's upside. So let, even in our complaints, there's upside. Let me ask our pastor friends. Pastor friends, <laughs> have you... Have you ever had to go look for a an adapter that adapts one eighth inch to quarter inch plug? Huh? Have you ever had to go to your desk, open up your lap drawer and get into your little box of, of, of magic and pull out one of those little adapters? You think everybody else has a little voodoo box? Oh, I think there's a lot of pastors out there. Full who, of adapters and who dongles. like me have their top file drawer <laughs> filled with wires and adapters and plugins and all kinds of stuff. Are that you the tech support for need. your 200 shirts? Yeah, that's, that's what right. we're asking. Are you your own tech support? And, and, and when you're the tech support, watch out because there's an awful lot of tech stuff 
that, that's going on. And yesterday morning, somebody needed an HDMI cable. Another person needed an adapter. Somebody actually didn't have a DVD player. Oh, oh, that's right. It was in my living room for something else that we were doing on Saturday. How could I have forgotten that? Right? And so, yeah, all those things, and you find yourself... You should Jesus juke them and say, why do you need a DVD player? You have the living word. Oh, Jesus juke. Knock a Jesus juke at A him. Jesus juke. Okay. Some of you know what that means. It sounds funny to me, but I'm not exactly sure. Oh, oh wait, 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 wait. Football. When you juke the guy out, yeah. you get around him. Yeah, so, oh, so I gotcha, they're gotcha. complaining yeah, yeah, that yeah. they don't have their DVD player. You just you give them a little Jesus oh, juke and talk, well, man. you have the Bible, and that's good enough for a Sunday school right there. That's right. That's, that's the right. Word of God. Amen. And then they're Amen. left with nothing to say. You've Jesus juked them. Wow. I've got to figure that out. Hey. Let's say thank you. Let's quick. say thank you. Some of you, a couple episodes ago, we begged cajoled you hands and knees yes. yeah to to leave us a rating or a review on itunes we said how many thousands of downloads we had and we divided it by how many reviews and it was some paltry number but five of you count whoop, them whoop. five you filled up my whole left hand actually came on and did reviews now the first person that we want to thank is is mr nimke now we're not exactly sure if that's how you pronounce your name it's N-I-M-C-K-E. If you're listening, Nimke, hey, thank you. you left us five stars. Thank you very much. Next, we have Harry Colgrove. Harry, you sound like a character from Mad Men, but I love you for it. Harry, thank you for the rating. Yes, sir. And also, Political Monkey. I like that. I like Political Monkey. I could be a Political Monkey if I let myself. I think you could, for Although sure. I'd be a Political Ape. But thank you for leaving us a review. <laughs> Next, we have Brown Ben 94 Whoever you are and wherever you are, Brown Ben, thank you for your review of the 200 Churches podcast. I would guess that the Brown Ben is 20 years old, Brown Ben 94. I get the sense as well. But that then he actually says it in the review. Oh, so you're thank psychic. you. Yeah. Thank you so much. And then uh, running coach Jim, hey, thank you folks for leaving those reviews. They're, they're helpful. They're helpful to us on iTunes. They raise our level of accessibility. And uh, we would like to read all the wonderful things that they said, but we're just not that way, are we, That feels Johnny? a bit narcissistic, yeah. but if you want to go read it, feel free. Open iTunes and just check out our podcast. So You can read. Oh, sorry. sorry. So some of you, now some of you <laughs> are like me, and you're saying, I would do it, but I don't really know how to do that. Here's how you do it. It's so easy. So it's easy. so easy. If you have iTunes already on your computer, if it's already there, all you do is you go to 200churches.com, and there's a subscribe and iTunes button right there on the homepage. Just click on it. It will open up our podcast in your iTunes. You just go to the rating and review tab, and you leave a review and a rating. That would be wonderful. Thank you for those that have. And we want to get right into our uh, content for today. It's uh, Coach Dave Jacobs, uh, our friend from smallchurchpastor.com, and he's talking to us about, you know, about the essential priorities that we need to have as small church pastors. This is some great, great content it's that dynamite. he gives to yeah, us. Yeah, it's great. So, you, you know, you can get your pen out or you could just go to the uh, – uh, to the post at 200 churches. This is going to be episode 68, episode 68, and you can find all of the notes there. Here's Dave Jacobs. It's good to have our friend Dave Jacobs back on the podcast. Dave is the CEO of smallchurchpastor.com, the manager of davejacobs.net, and the author of the upcoming bestseller, Mile Wide, Inch Deep, Soul Care for Busy Pastors 
and the rest of us. Dave, how are you? <laughs> I'm great, you guys. How you doing? We're doing good. Doing good on you this end. Make, you can make anybody sound pretty special. Well, Dave, you are special, man. You're working with small church pastors all week, every week. So, you know, your influence gets around. Well, I feel privileged. I don't know if I feel special, but that's why I talk to you guys to feel good about myself. So keep it coming. <laughs> I was I was wondering if CEO was chief encouragement officer. That's Ooh, what I was wondering. Yeah, I, it need, me, uh, needs to be something. I've never called myself that before, but <laughs> again, I just, that makes me feel good. Hey, how is your little portion of the Oregon countryside today? Well, I'm looking out my window at some beautiful blue sky, some white clouds, the forest, and believe it or not, from my window I can see a huge llama walking across a field. I bet you can't say that. Um, Johnny looks a little bit like a llama. Literally okay. none of those things can we say. None of them. <laughs> Actually, no, not, it's not all, a, it's one of them. Super today. overcast. <laughs> We're in the middle of a town. This place sucks. <laughs> yeah, I got I got llamas. It's hard to beat that. Well, both of the picture windows are open and radiant here in our luxurious studio, uh, but there's not much sunshine coming through them. So, well, Dave, we have to limit our focus today. We have to stay focused on what we're talking about. And you gave us your top 10 things that small church pastors struggle with. And you said staying focused, limiting our focus, and knowing what to spend our time on. Would you want to just elaborate, extrapolate, expand on that just a little bit? Yeah, just give me a second to look up what those words mean. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, got it. Um, well, I just, you know, I've just found that one of the more common problems really that I run into with pastors is uh, is a lack of focus either uh, and and uh, what goes along with that a failure to establish priorities and uh, so you you see the pastor or their church fluctuating you know from one focus to the next for no rhyme or reason and um, and it's just it's amazing to me uh, how often this is the case you would think it would be limited to smaller churches but I see it in medium size and even in larger churches. That's something that I personally struggle with, staying focused and then knowing what I should be focused on. And as soon as I saw this question, I thought of, I was actually, I saw a YouTube video last night. This is never a good way to start a conversation, but I watched a YouTube <laughs> video last night and it talked about why squinting helps you see better. And they said, if, if you put your, your hand up to your eye and make just the tiniest hole in your fingers and look at something that you can't see very well, all of a sudden it will bring it into focus. And it has to do with the way the light reflects off and comes in and all of this. But I just thought the interesting thing to take away is when you narrow your focus, when you limit your focus, when you, when you cut out the distractions of all the other you know, light input and just go through this little tiny pinhole, then you can get kind of this laser precision on what you're doing. How do you, I mean, what do you tell pastors to help get them to that point? What is the kick in the can that you give to them? Well, I, I think we have to begin first by establishing what our priorities or what our values are. You know, we get that word, the English word established from a Latin word that means to make firm. And, and what I find is that a lot of times our priorities, they're flexible rather than fixed. And so they get pushed all around. And if they get pushed around long enough, 
they begin to fall in a different order. And that's why sometimes we'll wake up and, and we'll say, you know, how did I get my priorities uh, so messed up? Well, it's because they're flexible. They're not fixed. And so we have to ask ourselves, you know, what are the main things that I value or what are going to be the what are going to be the, uh, the priorities of my life or ministry? And then we, we uh, work to focus on those things. After a while of focusing, they become more established or more fixed. And then from that point, we're in kind of maintenance mode where we just keep our focus on our priorities, on the things that we value, and we, we seek to do them again and again and again, better and better and better. So, Dave, let's say that I'm a, I'm a small church pastor, and I just feel like my life is just in disarray. I, I'm late to things. I, I, I just basically wake up, and literally the day just happens to me. You know, I'm, I'm able to get up, take a shower, get dressed, eat my breakfast, get to the office, and I'm opening my email, talking to the first person who calls. Before I know it, it's my lunch appointment. I, I go sit down and talk to somebody. I come back. Uh, maybe I have a, a visit that afternoon. Maybe I've got something to, to write or, or a message to prepare, and I just kind of get lost in, in just busy work. And, and, you know, you get to 5 o'clock. Now, I know there's no other pastors out there who have ever experienced this. <laughs> but you but you get to 5 o'clock, you've literally spent 8, sometimes 10, 12 hours in a day. You've been kind of busy, but you don't have – you're wondering what you're doing. What are you accomplishing? Right. Where do you start, like literally kind of step by step, where do you start with John, the small church pastor, whose life is just kind of in disarray and his day happens to him and he never happens to his day? Right, right. <clears throat> you know, I'll usually take a pastor through a, kind of a, a ministry inventory where I'll ask them, you know, make a list for me of everything that you do throughout the week. I want to know everything down to the most minute detail. And and then, you know, you, you ask them, you know, questions like, you know, prioritizing, you know, of these things, what takes most of your time? What takes the least amount of your time? Uh, of these things, what do you really, really feel called of God to do? Uh, or are these things that uh, are are things uh, people have asked you to do? And so it's kind of like it starts with like a process of elimination. What are you doing? Let's look at that clearly. And then let's talk about what you should be doing. And uh, a lot of times what we should be doing and what we are doing can be two different things. And so, like I say, kind of like a, a narrowing down until we get to this place where we're really focused on doing a few things. This is essential for a smaller church uh, pastor, but once again, every pastor I see, regardless of the size of their church, they've got this problem with focus. And so it, it's this thing about do a few things well, you know, and focus on a few things. And then, of course, the challenge is to, to recognize what are those few things that I should be doing well. I want to take Jeff's question in the opposite direction. You know, a lot of times we know we need help when we sit down and realize, what did I even do this week? What did I even get accomplished? I'm just, it's like a whirlwind. I need help. I need yeah. Dave Jacobs, the pastor's coach. <laughs> but what if, what if I feel like I'm humming along? Like things are going well. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that I would say that I get focused, but it's fine, right? Like I, I'm doing okay as a pastor. Um, you know, we're right. not we're not dying on the vine or something like that. Why should I worry about 
how I spend my time? Why should I think about this idea of focus? Sure. Well, you know, we don't know what we don't know, and sometimes it'll kill you. We can we can think that, you know, hey, everything seems to be going fine. Uh, you know, some people, they think that uh, there's no trouble, uh, you know, just because something hasn't happened yet. You know, if you jump out of the window at the 42nd floor and you're still doing fine as you pass the 27th floor, that doesn't mean you don't have a serious problem. Uh, I would want to address the problem, you know, right now. The the fact that we kind of feel like everything's going fine, we have to define, you know, what do you mean when you say getting along just fine? You know, how are you defining getting along? Uh, if it's just, you know, well, I kind of feel okay, um, that might be, you know, too shallow, you know. You, you might be having a problem and it's not going to manifest until down the road. That's why, you know, if we want to finish well as pastors and see the younger you are as a minister, um, the less you're thinking about finishing well. The older you get, the more you think about finishing well. Mm -hmm. But if we're going to finish well, we've got to kind of get our priorities and our values lined up. We have to become disciplined in how busy we're going to be, how we're going to spend our time, or we might not uh, finish well. So with the younger guys, a lot of times they do feel like, hey, everything's fine. Uh, but it, it catches up with them later if their priorities are out, uh, out of whack and, and if they don't know really how to focus on a few things well. So the process you outlined earlier would really be good for any of us pastors to do. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You know, it, it's amazing how, to, how often we really don't stop to think, how am I spending my week? I mean, if we look at our calendar, we might see a few appointments there. But, you know, we just get busy and we do stuff. Different responsibilities attach themselves to us. And we don't even know when that happened and how it happened. And, and before you know it, we're working 50, 60 hours a week. And yet, you know, we can still have that sense. Am I really being productive? Being busy is not the same thing as being productive. And so a lot of us are busy. But um, we need to question, am I being productive? And am I being productive in the right things? Now, I wonder if uh, if any of us have ever spent some time in a room with a big whiteboard and a couple other people where we've brainstormed and we've said, there's nothing too crazy to write down, there's nothing too wacky to consider a possibility, and over a particular issue or concern, we write down all kinds of possibilities on the board, and then we begin talking about each one of them, throwing some out, keeping others, deciding we need to refine others. I thought about that process when you talked about writing down everything that uh, uh, that a man or woman does in a given day or week, yes. no matter how minuscule, and, and it's kind of like just it's just catching everything, everything that we do, just writing yep. down the the what we think is big and what we think is small, just to get it all on paper and get it in front of us, and then we begin to then we begin to. Uh, discern and judge between different uh, activities, different responsibilities in the way that you described. You know, every time when I take a pastor through an exercise like that, uh, and, and it'll be something they'll work on in between phone calls, then uh, when I connect up with them again, uh, and I'll say, tell me, how was that exercise for you? What did it feel like? They say They always say two things. They say, well, first I found it a little tedious. And then they said, and then I found that it really opened my eyes. I really saw not only am I working way more hours than I thought I was working, 
but there's just all kinds of stuff that I do that I just, I'm not sure that I need to, or I should be doing this. It's like a light bulb goes on. I like what you said earlier about we, we didn't even, we don't even know when that responsibility either got attached to us or just attached itself to us. Yeah, it's, you know, I was talking to a pastor who um, has uh, uh, traveled the world in uh, large boats. He's like a boatman. He's competed in in sailboat racing, you know, across the Atlantic, all this crazy stuff. And he, he was talking about the maintenance and care of boats and their hull. And uh, he, he says, you know, boats can take on barnacles and, you know, if, if it gets to be a big enough problem, you have to pay somebody to come in and scrape the barnacles off the hull of the ship. And I said, why, why bother? And he said, well, you know, even though barnacles are small, they do affect the, the, um, the performance of the, shi- of the ship or the boat. And he says, the funny thing is, like, you're never, like, you know, floating, you know, across the ocean and all of a sudden say, oh, wait, did you feel that? A barnacle just attached itself to our hull. <laughs> you, you never, that's never happens. It's just like over a period of time, the veteran seaman, you know, he, he can tell there's a bit of drag occurring. And, you know, sure enough, you know, they've got all these barnacles and they have to ma- maintain it. I, I think that's what happens in the ministry a lot of times. We, we say yes to one little thing. It's no big deal. We say yes to something. Someone says, you know, could you do this? Could you do that? And pretty soon our hull is, you know, uh, covered in barnacles, and it's and it's causing drag. I love the visual of uh, our pastoral hull being covered in barnacles of responsibility. It sounded. It reminds me of SpongeBob. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, just just try and picture for a moment Jeff covered in barnacles. I'm not scraping I mean, them off. You know, well, maybe maybe not. <laughs> That's not Somebody else is going to scrape those off. Oh my! <laughs> right, we well, got to move right along here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to bring this down to the million, nay, billion. Dollar question. That was yes. a Jeffism right there. Uh, but I want to bring this down to brass tacks here. What do you think should be the major areas of focus for a small church pastor? So we've we've talked around it now. Focus. Focus is important. We have to focus. Priorities are important. But what right. are those areas? What are those priorities that you think should be our? I don't know. Give me a top couple list. <laughs> Five. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Well, I think. Before you can establish your ministry basics, you know, these are like the basic things that a pastor should do. And and by the way, that's a question that I ask guys when they're trying to figure out focus. I I say, dream up for me. What do you think are just the most basic things you'd expect a pastor to do? But before we get into that, you know, we first have to get our personal priorities, um, you know, lined up. And here's at least how I, I think it should be. This isn't really anything new, but... I think my personal priorities are, first of all, me and God. And my relationship, is it vibrant? Is it meaningful? Is it growing? Uh, So me and God. And then if I'm married, me and my spouse. And then if I have children, me and my family. And then number four is the church. This is the hardest thing for pastors to accept is the church is number four. You know, God my spouse, my children, or my family, and then my church. Once I have established that, uh, and and my my uh, my work week reflects uh, those priorities, then I'm able to look at what should I be doing. You know, what should I be spending my time for? I really have five real basic things that I tell guys that they should focus on. 
Um, number one, uh, sermon prep. There's probably no single thing that takes up our week as far as hours, uh, just like that one act. You know, we teach on a regular basis, and so we, we have to focus on our ministry of the Word. I think the second thing that we need to give time to is just leadership development. Uh, we're going to go crazy and burn out if we don't get really talented people to come up alongside of us and, uh, and help us uh, carry the load of leadership uh, and the church. And so that means we have to get good at identifying potential leaders. Then we have to get good at recruiting potential leaders. We have to then train them. Then we have to release them. And then we have to maintain them. You know, how they, I have this saying that if you don't maintain your leaders, they won't remain your leaders. And so we start out with sermon prep. You've got to give time to that. You've got to give time to your best people or your leaders and in developing a team of leaders. Then I think, especially in a smaller to medium-sized church, you've got to have some time set apart to spend it with newcomers. When someone comes and visits your church, they, they need some attention uh, from you if you want to hold on to them. The number one reason initially a newcomer uh, comes back to a church is because they've felt connected to the pastor. After a while, they will stay for a lot of other reasons. But at first, it's that connection. So do you have enough time to take the guest out to lunch, out to breakfast, talk with them for a half hour on the phone, things like that? You, you've got to focus on the newcomers. And then whether we like it or not, you're going to have to give some time to administrative kind of things. And uh, that's usually the stuff we don't like to do. The smaller the church uh, the more administrative tasks the pastor tends to have. And so there's just that busy work and things. And then here's the last thing on my list of what we should spend our time, how we should divide up our time. I, I think we have to have, as pastors, think time. In other words, where in your week are, do you have an hour or two hours where you sit and you just prayerfully think about what am I doing with my priorities? What am I doing with the goals of the church? Or maybe there's some special project coming up and, and you're, you're able to really give some good Holy Spirit-inspired think time. This is one thing that's missing of most pastors in most pastors' calendars. Uh, they, they think on the run. They think in the shower. They think, you know, in groups. A certain degree of thinking occurs in those ways. But we need think time. And so I would say to the new pastor, you know, uh, what should I be focusing on? For, focus on your teaching ministry, leadership development, reaching out to newcomers. You got to do some administrative stuff. Sorry, but that's just the way it is. And then think time. Dave, that is, I was sitting here with Jeff just now asking him if I should run through that list again when you were done, because uh, we wrote it down um, while you were talking and then you ran it through for us. I hope that our listeners wrote this down as well, or at least can tuck this away in their minds, because that is solid gold. I mean, uh, if if we as pastors could do these five things uh, consistently and in a focused way, uh, that would have a huge, huge, huge impact on our churches, uh, on the culture of our churches, potentially on the, the numerical growth, but more importantly, on the spiritual growth of our churches. Um, yeah. just the vibrancy of life. And then the first, you know, the first four principles, this has become almost a mantra uh, at the Turner Church's podcast. You and God, you and spouse, you and family, and then church is fourth. 
yeah. in that list of priorities. <clears throat> that's something that we've talked about a lot in the past, but something that always bears repeating. So that is a fantastic, fantastic list, Dave, that you just gave to us. Well, you know, we just keep want to remind ourselves as an individual, as a pastor, I want to do a few things well. As a church, even if we're a medium to large sized church, but especially if we're a smaller church, most of you listening in today, you know, you have a church under 200. Probably most of you have a, a church around 100 or under. It's important that, like, what you offer uh, people by way of ministry is limited to just a few things. I have a great story. Could I tell a little story here? Sure, go ahead. Well, in uh, in 1948, the very first In-N-Out Burger was founded. Now, here on the West Coast, In-N-Out Burgers are uh, burger places. They're like way popular, and um, you know that I think they're only in California, Nevada, and Arizona. But they were founded by Harry and Esther Snyder. And in fact, this was the guy who invented the very first uh, drive-through hamburger stand with the uh, the ability, you know, to order through two-way speakers that would hang on the door. This guy invented that. Now, his business philosophy was simple. This is his business philosophy. He said, give customers the freshest, highest quality food you can buy and provide them with friendly service in a sparkling, clean environment. Now, these principles have worked so well over the years that this is still the company's fundamental philosophy. Now, here's the interesting thing. You go to an In-N-Out burger place, they only have like three things on their menu. They offer burgers, fries, and drinks. They don't have salads. They don't have burritos. They don't have chicken sandwiches. You know, they don't have the huge variety that most fast food chains offer. And you know, you would think that they had made a mistake in limiting what they have to offer, but really they continue to be one of the most popular food chains in California, Nevada, and Arizona. And, and I just think that smaller churches and the pastors who lead them, they, they need to follow the example of In-N-Out Burger, do a few things well. I'll, I'll tell pastors, burger shakes and fries, burger shakes and fries, that's all that you should do. Give customers the freshest, highest quality food you can buy and provide them with a friendly service in a sparkling, clean environment. If we had In-N-Out Burger's kind of uh, philosophy of business as our philosophy of ministry, I, I think we, we would just have really dynamic and healthy smaller churches. We love In-N-Out Burger, Dave. Johnny, have you, you ever have been to In-N-Out? I've never. I've never. I've heard tell from all my California friends the joys, yeah. but I've never had. Johnny, I hope I get to take you to your first In-N-Out Burger experience. I hope so as well. It is phenomenal. Talk about <laughs> the a The only burger. thing that I don't like about Southern Oregon is the closest In-N-Out Burger is two and a half hours away across the border into California in Redding. Only so, two and a half hours? I'm thinking our closest has got to be I know, I know. 15, I should, 16. I, should, you know, I actually have friends that will just drive two and a half hours to have an In-N-Out burger. Amen. It's, it's really kind of a crazy thing. Amen. <laughs> so, so, you know, you just remember, burger shakes and fries, burger shakes and fries, a few things well. Identify what those few things are based on, on, on your passions, based on your values, based on your understanding of the scriptures. Identify those few things and just offer them, but let them be of the highest quality. You see, when we begin to do too much, the quality of everything that we do drops, you see. 
The more you do, the less quality results in the things that you do. You do fewer things, higher quality. That's the in and out burger way. There you go. Now, I'm going to take your, your list of five, and yeah. you had think time at the end. Yes. And I would say let's put think time number one and slide everything down just a little bit because then I think we'll do the other four better, practically speaking. Now, in terms of, in terms of importance, perhaps, um, the sermon prep is at the top, but practically speaking, when we're thinking about priorities, it's good yeah. for us to think about, okay, when are we going to spend that sermon prep time, and when are yes. we going to work with leadership development? Because you challenged me in that a couple uh, of our coaching sessions ago to just have that, have that time to think through what you're going to do instead of just attacking the day. Just take 15 minutes and think about it, and yeah. it may save you a whole hour before the day is done. So, uh, Well, you know, I think I can't remember if I said at a previous uh, – uh, recording that we had, you know, that um, uh, uh, John Maxwell is um, uh, is attributed, you know, to have said uh, the two things that it's hardest to get people to do are to think and then do things in order of importance. Now, just think mm. about that, yep. you know. So I, I like your idea about putting think time at the top. And um, once again, I know pastors who've, who've talked to me after establishing a one-hour block of think time a week. It's in their calendar like any other appointment. They don't break it unless an absolute emergency comes up. And I've had pastors say, I can't believe how something as simple as this has changed my whole life. And I go, I know, it's pretty simple, huh? And they go, oh, man, it's, it's incredible. <laughs> That's great. Well, Dave, in the spirit of what you just said, Perhaps the more we talk, the lower the, our quality of podcast becomes. So we'd better wind this down. That's right. I'm out of ideas anyways. I'm just totally <laughs> I, I knew it. I knew you only had 27 minutes in you. <laughs> I do. If, if that, you know, now I'm just going to go take a nap and call it a day. Okay, Dave. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we're doing this the same week we're going to release this. And we do want to remind uh, uh, everyone listening that Mile Wide, Inch Deep, Soul Care for Busy Pastors, that's coming out within the next uh, several weeks. So be looking for it. And uh, maybe, Dave, can you, can you pre-order one on Amazon right now? No, not yet. It's just now getting ready to go to the uh, publishers. And so I'm, I'm hoping like in a month's time, you know, everything's going to be done and it's going to be out there. But uh, I'll be blasting Facebook, Twitter, my blog, my website. You, you guys, you know, we'll let everybody know when it comes out. Really excited about it. It's great. That'd be a great book to take with us on vacation this summer and just consider how we're taking care of our souls. Nice. All right. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for joining us Thanks. today. Thanks, guys. Johnny, I was cut to the quick by what Dave had to share Does that today. not happen every time we talk to this guy? It happens every time I oh, turn the microphone on in this room. That's ridiculous. I mean, do we actually have to live out what we're actually putting on these podcasts? I hope not. We'd be great <laughs> pastors if we did that. No, this stuff was so good. Dave, the, these things that he shared, I hope that you I hope that you take these things to heart. I mean, just to just to rearrange uh, the closet of your life. And make sure that the things for you and God are, are in the first section, the things for you and your spouse, 
your husband or your wife are in the next section. The thing for you and your kids are in the third section. And then the church is all the way to the right of your closet. And it's not that it doesn't get priority and attention, but but it gets the right priority and the right attention after your family. Because if your family is happy, united, loving, uh, pointed toward God, depending on God, and they have you and your time, then they're they're able to allow you and with you to give the time and attention to the church that you need. I tell you what, what what's so great about listening to Dave is that he's for you as a pastor. Sometimes you listen to this stuff and you feel like you're getting beat up. You're not good enough yeah, is kind right. of what the message is. Mm-hmm. With Dave, it's never about that. It's never you're not good enough. It's, hey, God has made you right to be great and and he just wants to help you get there and that's so encouraging there's no negative side there's no there's no beat yourself up because you're not good enough at this side it's all positive it's all good energy to get you where you need to be i I just love it he's not out to get you at any point well part of this too is that dave jacobs never he never pastored a large church he pastored churches in the 100 200 I think maybe 300 range. Yeah. I'm not even sure that. So he really understands us. He preaches from experience. Yeah, as small yeah. church pastors. Yeah, it's really great. He's just got such a heart for leaders. And I, I've joked before, it's like wrapping up in a blanket just out of the dryer. But it just is so encouraging to talk to Dave. Beyond those four things that Jeff just listed about the priorities of, of where you rate your family and, and your relationship with God and the church, Dave also had the five priorities and focuses of a, of a small church pastor. And, and Jeff said, hey, we should put think time at the top. So in this rundown, think time goes to the top. You got think time, you got sermon prep, you got leadership development, then spending time with new people, which that one was so important. We could do a whole podcast on just that. Yes. So great. Yep. Are, are we doing that well? We have to really think about that. Are we really connecting with new people. And then finally, the administrative tasks. Womp, womp, no fun. But we know they have to get done, right? Like, we live in the real world. These things have to get done so that the show can go on. But those, those, that list of five, print this stuff out. Put it on your bulletin board. Like, this is it. Like, if we can get this stuff down, ain't no stopping us now. Probably. You, you want me to sing that? Yes. I can sing that. <laughs> but my voice won't go that high. That's all right. Okay. Ain't no stopping. I don't know that song. Was you don't that know that song? song? That yeah, was, something like that. It was? Yeah. Well, you, whatever. You had the you had the tune wrong though. Disco's alive. That's all I know. Is that disco? Beats me. I'm Dance saying fever. Stuff now. That's it's Gilbert and Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not disco, but hey, the seventies live on. Well, hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Two Hundred Churches Podcast. We do hope that you take these things and allow them to to challenge and encourage you into a great direction in your ministry. We'll see you next week. We hope you've been encouraged and challenged by this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. We'll be back next Wednesday to provide you with more ministry encouragement as you pastor your 200 church. Until then, may God bless you as you lead and love your people.